the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. CR Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. Streaming globally at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Thousands of pro-life activists rallied under falling snow on Friday at the annual March for Life. Among the speakers, the Speaker of the House, Congressman Mike Johnson of Louisiana, who says he himself was once unwanted. I am myself a product of an unplanned pregnancy. In January of 1972, exactly one year before Roe v. Wade, my parents, who were just teenagers at the time, chose life. And I am very profoundly grateful that they did. Also among the speakers, New Jersey Congressman Chris Smith. He told participants they need to do more to protect the unborn in their own states now that the Supreme Court has cleared the path by overturning Roe v. Wade. A fire at a landfill near Panama City is creating toxic fumes. That's forcing evacuations. As firefighters battle the blaze, they say it appears to have been a case of arson. This is SRN News. You can fish and support veterans at the 13th Annual Holes for Heroes Ice Fishing Tournament, February 10th on Medicine Lake in Plymouth. Enjoy food, kids games, ceremonies honoring the military, and the multi-species fishing contest. Veterans get a free fishing hole, and non-veterans are just $20 per hole, including day-of tickets. All the fun starts at 11.30 a.m. February 10th. It's the 13th Annual Holes for Heroes. Get full details at fishingforlife.org. Brought to you by Camp Bow Wow in Plymouth. Affordable doggy daycare and boarding services. China is attacking the U.S. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. Innovation Race, the shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots, exposes the truth. China will use our own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Ramsey Show. I found a job that's very rewarding, but they're going to work me like a dog. It's a 70-hour work week. 70 hours a week. Man's not, woman's not created to work like that. Indefinite? Yeah, that's an indefinite situation. You married? I am not married. You won't be. Yeah. You could do it for a short term. Don't sell out for something that just looks good. It's got to be good in all aspects. Make your first million. Listen to The Ramsey Show. Live this afternoon from 1 to 4. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. The process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go and is likely to be bumpy. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. If you're going to fix complicated problems, you have to learn how to fix simple problems first. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Good morning and welcome, King Banyan Show, the Biz 14. Hello. <laughs> Good to be with you here. Uh, what is it now? Nine below. It was 12 below when uh, I turned on the mic to talk with uh, Spencer down at the mothership. But 12 below, it's up here in St. Cloud, now already warmed up to uh, minus 9. And I was saying to um, I was saying to Spencer, you know, you, you kind of get used to it. I, I went out to, we went out to watch uh, a couple of uh, 
Minnesota artists at uh, there's this relatively small sandwich shop. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, fairly well known in the community here in St. Cloud, uh, uh, Bo Diddley's. If you and by the way, if you've never gone to Bo Diddley's, you should go and make sure you get the gyro. It's also one of the cheapest meals you'll find. Uh, in St. Cloud. Um, their food is good. It's cheap. It's fresh. The people are friendly. They just the, the, the new owners are doing a great job who bought from a longtime owner who's retired. Uh, it's always good to see that. And there's always been these uh, folk musicians that show up there. Um, we went out last night. It was two below when we arrived. It was five below as we were driving home and uh, again 12 below this morning. And my wife and I got out got out of the car. It's like, yeah, this isn't bad. We can deal with this. Um, it's the wind, right? It's the wind that'll get you. Uh, and so this morning, pretty calm winds and uh, just not a bad day uh, here. 651-289-4477. Number to call questions and comments. 651-289-4477. Next hour, Phil Kirpin uh, from American Commitment. Phil's a... Uh, Phil's been a while since we've had him on the show. He wrote this piece uh, uh, late last year that um, kind of tickles me about um, the desire to try to re-regulate the Internet. Um, just the amazing amount of regulation that's out there. And Phil's going to be with us to help me to, to talk about his piece. And then when he leaves us, we're going to actually play for you the speech heard around the world. I cannot believe how, you know, uh, I think this speech has gotten as much attention as the first time President Trump went to Davos, okay, the World Economic Forum. Um, and, uh, you know, I had two people ask me, like, within 24 hours, did you hear this speech from this guy from Argentina? And I knew immediately what speech it was because I knew he had given it. I had not seen it yet. And so after the second one said it, I said, I haven't watched it yet, but it's now going to the top of my queue because I have to hear it. Holy cow, I could see why people were answering. We're saying it. It's a 25-minute speech, not very long. It's not, not nearly as long as a uh, political rally. Um, and it's, it's amazing. Uh, it just... I... Never thought, uh, let me put it this way, if Friedrich Hayek had had a chance to speak at the World Economic Forum, it would sound something like this, except it would be in German rather than in, in Spanish. Um, so we have it obviously translated for you, uh, which which always takes, it takes a little bit of a practice of the ear to learn how to listen to a translated speech. My understanding it was translated by an artificial intelligence uh, a, artificial intelligence agent. Um, they did not use a human translator for this. Um, I think that's I think that too is interesting. So we're going to we're going to have that in hour two. That's a long tease, but it's stick around because I can only play for you about five to six minutes of this twenty five minute speech. But I will send the link out to you. You should see the whole thing. Uh, it's on YouTube. Several just just type in Malay M I L E I uh, Davos, and you will get it. Don't do that until after the show. All right. Don't do that just now. I'll and I, if and if you need a pointer, you'll find it on on uh, uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. That's its official name. X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, at, um, at using the hashtag. Uh, pound KBRS for the King Banyan Radio Show, to which you are listening here on the Biz 1440. But first, we'll do some economic news and analysis for you because that's what that's what you know, throughout the week the Biz 1440 tells you I do. We're going to do that, right? Because this was the week, and, and I said last week. I remembered. I remembered. At the end of last week's show, which you can find at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, you would have seen, you would have heard me say, well, we're probably going to be pretty heavy on Fed clips this week. I only have one. Well, two clips, one, one governor. But it was fascinating that this was the week 
in which the Fed came out full force to say, hey, your expectations about what interest rates are going to do, tap the brakes. Tap the brakes. We're not moving altogether that soon. Um, and, 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 and it was interesting that that's out at the same time when we got what I would argue was a pretty good set of economic indicators out this week from from government agencies, from private agencies, and so forth. Um, uh, Rafael Bostic uh, at the uh, from the Atlanta Fed, by many lights, one of the more dovish members of the Fed. Here's the headline from uh, from Thursday uh, noontime. Um, Fed's boss. This is from uh, Market Watch. Fed's Bostic makes case for first rate cut in July September quarter, not March. July sep- July to September. Where did you hear that before? Well, two places. First of all, me. Right. I told you they wouldn't cut till the second half of the year. Right. But second of all, the where did I get my forecast from? I read what the Fed said. I did not rely, it was interesting, the last FOMC meeting and then press conference happened in a week where I was extraordinarily busy. And I must tell you, true confession, for the first time and I want to say maybe five years, I did not listen to the FOMC press conference at the, on the day it was done. I seldom listen live. I must always have to watch it. After everyone else goes to bed at the house right now, that's just that's just my wife. But my I had I had my daughter home uh, for a month visiting from Europe. Um, it was it's holiday season. We're also pretty busy right now with things on, at the university, and so I just simply had had the time to do it. And I mean, just hadn't had the time to do it, and. I now recognize that everyone I know who said, well, they're going to cut rates soon, cut rates soon, was glued to the press conference. And if I go back and look at the timestamp, I've looked at the transcript. I haven't watched it. I've looked at the transcript. You look at the transcript, you see that. And and if you look at the transcript and you look at a chart of what the market did during that period between 1.30 and 2.30 Central Time on the day of the of the press conference, I mean, it just goes off on a rocket because everyone's listening to listening to uh, Chair Powell and thinking, oh, it's the pivot. They're, they're cutting. They're cutting. They're cutting. And over the next week or two, because it's the holiday season, even if the Fed was to go out and tell you they're cutting, they're, we're not cutting, we're not cutting, Nobody's listening because everyone's off on vacation. So this week was the week when they realized, okay, we now, we're past the MLK holiday. Everybody's back. We have everybody's attention. Um, we have everybody's attention now. And they're coming out. So again, Bostic comes out and says, no, we are... He, he recently moved up his... He recently moved up his projected time to begin reducing the Fed's benchmark rate in the third quarter from the fourth quarter because of unexpected progress on inflation and economic activity. That was reported on Thursday. Austin Goolsby, yesterday, Friday, same thing, hails progress on inflation, but the, but the headline from Market Watch is Goolsby says it's too soon to determine when Fed will cut interest rates. Okay, we don't want to commit ourselves before the job is done. Okay, Um, as inflation comes down, that opens the door to a reduction in restrictiveness. That's what he said on CNBC yesterday. Well, let's look at what actually happened yesterday or happened on the week. First, first thing that comes out, first thing that comes out is the retail sales data. Retail sales checks in on a nominal level uh, at six tenths of percent, where it's expected to be four. Usually, some of that gets caught up in autos. Autos were uh, were up four 
without autos, retail sales were up four tenths of a percent versus the six tenths that was expected. Okay, industrial production, which measures the manufacturing sector, was expected to decline. We said time and again the manufacturing sector has been weaker relative to relative to the services sector. So people expected to go down. It went up. Yeah, just one tenth of one percent. Okay, within the margin of error. But that sign difference was important. It sort of told people that it had it informed them that perhaps things were going in a different direction. So if I if I put all that together, I end up looking at looking at uh, the data, uh, looking at data that's now moving GDP, the real GDP number for the fourth quarter, the October to December period of 2023. It's really firming it up around that two percent level. Uh, Bank of America is now at what is now up to a 1.3 percent forecast. Goldman Sachs at a 1.8. GDP now from the Atlanta Fed, which I tweeted earlier this week, is now at 2.4 percent. Um, up, you know, again, uh, 2.4 percent, and and that's that's still there. Let me double check to make sure that hasn't moved since then. I don't think it has. Because I think that's their, la- I think that's going to be their last forecast before the announcement. Okay, so, so that's that's their final guess on GDP now. So, the the somewhat judgment forecast models from the banks, a little below two percent. The mechanical now casts are a little above two percent. You're going to end up with a two percent economy. So you got growth, but at the same time you've got this push push on inflation. The huge number that comes this coming week when the Fed is committed to not talking to you, okay, is going to be um, is going to be in fact the the PCE, which will come out on Friday next week. Okay, the PCE number will come out on Friday, uh, uh, and the uh, that's the personal consumption and expenditures price index. That number is expected. The core PCE is expected to come in at two tenths. If it, okay, with a three core PCE as a whole, if it stays above that three percent number, that's going to be kind of important. So, economy was doing well, but the Fed out is is out telling you we have time to run on this pause. We have a we have significant time to run, and and and. We'll come back and tell you what does that mean and get you some insight right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. My husband got involved in day trading and has lost about $150,000. Whoa. Um, $4,800 a month in minimum payments. Direct, honest, The Ramsey Show. Weekdays 1 to 4. The tax man cometh. Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll be discussing retirement income and the taxes you pay on that income in retirement. Many retirees are shocked at how high taxes can be after they retire. Don't get caught without a plan. Alan Mike will share with you how to create a tax-efficient income strategy. Make sure you listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on The Biz 1440, or call them right now at 855-231-6010. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-949-8708-800-949-8708-800-949-8708. That's 800-949-8708. 
Your children and grandchildren are inheriting a world that's more upside down than ever before. They'll need extraordinary skills to make a positive impact. A Christian education will give them the solid foundation they need to not only endure, but thrive. And that education is available for half off their first year through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. To see our full list of participating schools and to see if the half-off tuitions program is a good fit for your family, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. What is dedication? People ask, how your children learn how to ride a bike and you didn't? I just created an environment where they taught themselves and all I had to do was be there. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you so much for being part of the show today. Uh, you are part of the show just by tuning into us here uh, at 651-289-4477, TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Um, so the retail sales number out, the industrial production data was was pretty positive as, as such things go. Um, the retail so retail sales checked in checked in again um sales at non-store retailers meaning internet sales one and a half percent for the month 9.7 percent for the year autos up 1.1 percent for the month and big box retailers um but brick and mortar retailers up 1.3 percent um retail sales actually this number is actually better than it even than you even think. Why? Because the retail sales data includes gasoline sales. We continue to drive by gas stations. I I'm no longer shocked when I see a a two dollar and fifty cent gallon of gas advertised at one of the gas stations up here in the St. Cloud market. Um, if you take out car sales, uh, court if you go to core sales, so you take out cars, you take out take out the building materials. You take out the gas stations, and and those are helpful because those typically are the way in which you can get a better measure of GDP. You need sort of that that core number is a better forecaster of GDP. Um, if you if you look at that at the annual rate, the annual rate was five point eight percent. Good and bad. Good because that's a pretty healthy number. That's it's 5.8% and an annualized rate. Bad because unless somehow you think GDP is growing at 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 three and a half percent in the third in the fourth quarter, which nobody is forecasting, that would imply that core prices are rising at a faster rate. So I'm actually a little negative right now. On whether or not that inflation number that we're going to get on Friday for December is actually going to hit that 3.0 mark or slide below three, and so I'm nervous that that date is going to give me a bad is going to give me a number that's going to cause the market. Whoa, wait, huh? What do you mean inflation's still at three one or three two? Oh, what will the Fed do with that? Well, I mean, again, the Fed is telling you. Stop thinking the rate's going to come down. And I, sure enough, um, sure enough, if I look at the uh, if I look at the data now, when we talked last week at this time, the expectation that the interest rate that the Fed would uh, stay steady on the March for on the March one, not the not the one on the first of February. On the 1st of February, there's practically no chance the Fed will cut rates. But the betting had been that that there was only like a 1 in 5 chance that they wouldn't cut rates by at the March meeting. If you looked at, at futures trading, 
That went in one week from a 1 in 5 chance to a better than 50-50 chance, from 19% probability to a 53% probability. Right? And sure enough, moment after moment, based on the data from from this from this re- and I think the retail sales number was the dis- was some of the deciding factor. I think that got digested for for the, for Fed leaders like Bostic, like Goolsby, uh, and we'll actually have a, a Mary Daly clip here in the, in 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 a little bit. Uh, but if you go out and listen, so this was a so I just you know did a little quick survey last night, pulled a few a few cuts of of what people were saying on on the financial news networks. Um, so this first one is um, uh, Keith. Uh, uh, I'm not even reading his name right. Gangle uh, from Gradient Investments. He was on Yahoo uh, Yahoo Finance uh, making some co- making some comments about this and suggesting perhaps the market got a little ahead of itself. Cut number one. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's kind of what the last little liftoff in the end of year was with the Fed expectation that we started seeing a cut. Right, money gets easier. Stock market traditionally does well. I think people got a little too excited on that. I think that 80 percent down to like you said 50 percent. I actually think it's probably closer to zero. I don't think the Fed needs to start cutting yet. But on the flip side, I didn't think the Fed need to raise the last couple of rates. So I think now they're in the done. We're not raising rates anymore, which is fantastic for the overall stock market. The question is, when will they start cutting? I think that cutting will happen later in the year. So I do think they cut, but it won't be as soon as what people want and maybe hope. And again, if you go back and read the trend and particularly once the transcript was published about 10 days ago it was evident from the transcript that they weren't that that they had not even begun to think about thinking about cutting rates they still had left the door open well we might have to raise rates we might but not not really uh sonal desai who's a who's uh, the chief U.S. economist at uh, Franklin Templeton Group, was on CNBC and had similar comments. Cut number two. I think it's a reality check. Basically, what we're seeing is a market which got so far ahead of itself uh, in the last few months, a few weeks of last year, and even going back before that. And uh, Jay Powell didn't actually do himself any favors with his press conference, which really put a turbocharged market rate expectations. I tend to agree it's going to be in the second half of the year. And I think further, we're probably going to see the 75 basis points that the Fed has talked about. And and, and on the same station, almost around the, on, on the same day, on, on Friday, Ryan Yang from HSBC, very similar. Cut three. Well, yes, I think here the rate cuts that we expect are, I would call them of the more modest variety, 75 basis points over the course of this year. And uh, to this point, we've heard from Fed policymakers who basically have indicated that they don't need to see a recession to cut rates. It has to do with the progress on inflation. Next week, we should see a core PCE inflation reading that falls to 3% or possibly even a little bit below 3%. A year ago, that same rate was 5%, right? So it's this progress on inflation that's allowing for more modest rate cuts. And I'm again, I'm still skeptical. Um, I'm still skeptical that that's true because the GDP numbers that are out right now, the, the retail sales data, if you take the data we all have up to here, and again, you can do it with a mechanical nowcast like the Atlanta Fed does. There are proprietary models that the various forecasting houses have. I'm just reading. I'm just reading from the one that uh, Brian Westbury does because he publishes almost every day what his model is telling him at the moment. Plugging today's data on retail sales and other reports into our models suggests that real GDP grew at about two percent in the fourth quarter. The problem remains that one of the key drivers of overall spending is inflation. Yes, retail sales are at at record highs unadjusted for inflation, but in real inflation-adjusted terms, they have been stagnant. Real retail sales peaked back in April 2022 and have since declined by 1.9% from that peak. 
It has been 40 years since the U.S. has had an inflation problem, so it's important to remember that it can distort data. But again, if he thinks that the if he thinks that the real GDP was up two percent, and you get real you get retail nominal retail sales growing at five point eight percent annual between Q four and Q three, there's a lot of work to get you to a rate uh, an inflation rate on Friday that comes in below three percent. So on that, I simply don't agree with those that are saying, hey, we could get some really nice data here you know, that could make the Fed kind of move sooner. The F- it's pretty clear at this point the Fed has – what's happened, though, is I think the Federal Reserve and particularly the comments from the doves, and we'll play one of the – she's not as dovish particularly as, uh, as uh, Bostic, but we'll play Mary Daly for you after the break so that you can hear the comments she was making. They're looking for permission to reduce rates. They don't think, okay, their hand would be forced to reduce rates if unemployment went up. Your last unemployment report, we're past that. It's going to be it's going to be 3 weeks before we get the next one. And so far, no sign of rising unemployment rates. Many of us, including me, have written down forecasts that put the unemployment rate at the end of 2024 above 4% versus the 3.7 now. That's not going to cause panic, I think, on Constitution Avenue. I think that what would cause panic if, is if the unemployment rate went up much more than that, say it got over 4.5%, that might cause some panic. And then the other thing that still sits out there that I continue to be concerned about is what are the what is the state of our banks um and i'm not thinking about community banks they've been trying to weather the storm they've had a tough go of it they've battened down the hatches and and i think they're i think they're doing reasonably well i'm more concerned about those that group right under the top five banks right that that group in the next 20 is where I think the next real concern has to come from. Um, And that's a risk that's still out there. Uh, Let's take a break here. When we come back, I want to play for you uh, just the only Fed Fed official I'll play this week, Mary Daly talking about the permission structure that they have regarding rates. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-230-2777. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-230-2777. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800 230 Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-230-2777, 800-230-2777, or BigLou.com. There are no words to describe it. The isolation. The boredom. The loneliness. If you're wondering where your teenage son or daughter's spirit went, you're hardly alone. The past year has been devastating, especially for them. But here's the good news. They might just find it again, playing high school sports. Workouts that stimulate, teammates and coaches that care, the sense of belonging so many of us have been missing lately. That's what school sports are all about. The sense of achievement is real and the camaraderie is hard to beat. Coping with uncertainty is difficult, but school sports can help the teenagers in your family start feeling like themselves again. Encourage them to give it a try. High school sports, it's so much more than a game. 
This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much from the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special and boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you for listening today. Coming up top of the hour, Phil Kirpin uh, from American Commitment uh, about the return of net neutrality. My God. The idea, the stupid idea that, well, there are lots of stupid ideas that will not die. It's just one of them. But that's an example. And then after, after, Kirp, after Phil's done, Javier Millet. No, I wish I was interviewing him. He's, he's, he's now a bucket list item for me. Um, I told, I told uh, Spencer and John last night, here's my bucket list. Okay, I get to go hear Warren Buffett at, at a Berkshire Hathaway shareholder meeting. I wish I had been there to hear Charlie too. Okay, sort of a lesson I learned this year: don't don't wait. You can't assume things. Okay, the man was what ninety nine. What were you waiting for? Um, Jackson Hole. I have to go. I have to go rub elbows with 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 the the hoi polloi of monetary policy world um, one time, and now. Someone's got to get me on a phone phone with a recorder and a chance to interview this guy. He's amazing. Uh, he's just amazing. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to call with questions and comments. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The you know it's funny you know if you think of I, I've become a fanboy for two people right Warren Buffett and Javier Millet. Um, they're not exactly the same people. But uh, for different reasons, I mean, I like them for different reasons. And I'll tell you more next hour. Um, let's go back to the, our review of the economy, right? One other not- item that came out this week that was pretty strong was uh, the University of Michigan's uh, consumer sentiment numbers came out. And they're now at the highest level they've been since August 2021. What's that tied to? Well, it's tied to progress on inflation. As long as people believe that inflation is coming down, I believe, you know, I believe that sentiment is going to pick up uh, a fair amount. Now, sentiment is nowhere nearly as high as it was in 2017, 2018, 2019. In fact, everything was consumer sentiment was very high all the way up to the pandemic. You were getting University of Michigan number 100 is a pretty strong is kind of a baseline number. Uh, so the inflation expectations falling to 2.8% in that sample. So they do ask them a question about what do you think inflation is going to be? So you had an increase, you, you had a big increase in expectations. You had a, 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 excuse me, a decrease in the, the, um, the expected rate of inflation that is still down at 2.9, 2.8%. That's still too high, if you ask me, versus the Fed's stated goal of 2%. But that number has always been biased a little to the high side. So if they were, if that number got back down to 25 you'd say the, the Fed could sort of say, okay, we got pretty much where we needed to go, and that might allow them to get to lower rates, which takes me to Mary Daly. Mary Daly is the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. She is a longtime member of the Fed. She is not currently a voting member doing that from memory i'll have to check during during this but mary daly was uh, on a, was on a stage uh, 
giving some answers um, at, at, at what looked like a town hall kind of event. And let's play this. This was just, this was like a minute and 20 seconds of good stuff. We're going to break it into two parts. So here's the first part of this. Mary Daly on Friday, cut number four. The economy is in a really good place. If you saw the sentiment numbers, the confidence numbers this week that come from the various surveys, people feel better. There was last month a vibe session. That was the last thing I was hearing about. Kyla Scanlon taught me this. Uh, she's a, an influencer, a journalistic person who does a lot of TikTok and things. And she tells me, oh, it's a vibe session. People feel bad. The data are good. It's a bad vibe. And, and I, that was six months ago. And I think, I, okay, I'm listening. But now... I'm seeing sentiment data and confidence data be better. When I had a business roundtable here in San Diego this morning, what did I hear? Cautious optimism. That's a very good description of what I saw in our latest survey up here in St. Cloud. Same thing. Okay. Did they have a rough fourth quarter? Many of them reported they did have a rough fourth quarter. But mild, con- mildly optimistic cautiously optimistic and so my 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 presentation with my my co-author um on on uh, january 4th uh so what's that about about uh, a week and a half ago was caught it was from prop recession probable to recession possible i think everybody's prepared for some some shoe dropping which is one of the reasons why I say you won't have a sharp, deep recession, barring some major incident, a pandemic, um, the war going white hot in the Middle East, um, Russia invades the Baltic states, China invades Taiwan, something like that, okay? It would have to take something like that to cause a recession forecast to get to get more severe. When businesses are prepared for a recession and one happens, it tends to be very mild because they've made significant adjustments already. They've built cash reserves. They've been cautious in hiring. They've been cautious in taking out loans. They're not going to get burned too badly. I agree with that. But they... And they've been thinking that the recession might be coming for the better part of a year. So they're getting news on inflation that it's coming down, although, I, again, I don't think it's coming down as fast as, as some people seem to think. And we'll get better data on, on Friday. Retail sales still stay strong. The GDP report, which will be out this coming Thursday, should be somewhere around 2%, which is not booming growth in any way, shape, or form, but it's also not bad. And not bad is not bad. So put that together, and cautious optimism is certainly a fine word for that. Let's play the rest of this. Is was Mary Daly uh, on yesterday, cut number five. I'm seeing an economy that is responding to monetary policy and coming into balance, inflation coming down, but not falling off the the cliff and making a worrisome situation, and that's good. The second thing that I feel is in a good place is policy. Policy's in a good place. We got policy rate adjusted so it can do its work. We see that it is having an influence. And so now we're in a great place in the following situation. We know that policy is in a good place, the economy is in a good place, and we can start to be more patient to see what we need as a Fed to do next. No word, and and I've listened to another five six minutes of that of that presentation. I listen to everything, but that presentation generally fits with what you heard from the Fed this week. And remember. Federal Reserve goes quiet. The quiet period begins this weekend, so they will not talk next week. They will not talk until the next time you'll hear from the Fed. It's going to be Jay Powell on the 31st giving you the results of the FOMC meeting. No rate cut, and my guess is my guess is they're going to be a little more signaling on the path to finding when they might have a rate cut. Okay. 
they obviously they're thinking about it. They're talking with folks, but they are not there yet. And the signaling was very consistent through the week. Okay, I don't know how the internal operations of the Fed communications teams operate. My assumption is that they they all are looking at the same research reports. They're all looking at the same data. And because I did this for another central bank many years ago, we would write talking points around, I did a little bit of of this as sort of like monetary policy PR. You'd write talking points about about what you're doing, what what are you trying to accomplish, and how are you going to message to markets what it is you are trying to accomplish. Okay. We would give that to we would give that to the comms team for the board of governors of that central bank, and that board, that board of governors then would um, that the, the board of governors would then go out and they would and they they would speak in the public uh, or maybe even the governor himself, uh, but maybe one of the deputy governors would go out and say something that would that would um, be be supportive of be supportive of what the bank's policy is. I'm guessing that they have something like this at the Fed, and my guess is that that the message coming down from this week was we need to get control of this narrative that somehow we're going to cut rates in March. None of us want to be none of us want to be boxed into a corner. Mission accomplished. The Fed actually got the market to back off that that March forecast somewhat. The rest of the work is going to have to be done by Jay Powell in, in, in 10 days, 11 days from now. Okay, that's, that's, he'll have to do more of that work to get them off that. But the step along the way that I, that I thought they would have to do, they took this week. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018. 800-884-9018. That's 800-884-9018. What is your healing power? Maybe your healing power is helping veterans with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, or loneliness. Is your healing power a simple heartfelt letter or being a volunteer? It is estimated that over a half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD and 22 veterans will commit suicide every day. Our veterans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. At HealVets.org, you can find out more about the healing power of pen pals, volunteers, therapy kits, and more. Discover your healing power at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans, together with you, has been helping one recovering veteran at a time. We are helping veterans heal together. What is your healing power? To find out about your power, visit HealVets.org. This PSA is sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. Overcoming debt can be daunting. Whether your debt is manageable or has six zeros behind it, there's hope. Tune in to The Ramsey Show for a common-sense approach to breaking free from debt, building wealth, and enhancing your life. For decades, Dave has been helping people take control of their financial lives, one baby step at a time. So listen to The Ramsey Show. You may just hear a caller story similar to your own. Weekdays from 1 p.m. to 4 on The Biz 1440. 
The Ramsey Show. And your husband's going to step up and get a backbone and deal with this because you're going to end up really further pissed at him if you don't. Yeah, you're going to end up losing your marriage over this. The Ramsey Show. Live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. The Ramsey Show. The higher education community is at best irresponsible, at worst con artists. We don't have a student loan crisis. We have a parenting crisis. Live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Thank you for listening today. Um, as I said, the Fed had next next segment. We'll have Phil Kirpin here talking net neutrality. I guess I thought it. I I thought we'd taken that topic off the uh, off the off the list. It's back. Um, we'll we'll deal with we'll, we'll we'll get the latest from Phil after after the top of the hour. But I just went back. I just went and looked at the. Uh, I, I tell you, my one of my one of my uh, people say, "What are you bookmark? What do you what do you have open on your what do you have open on tabs on your on your uh, computer?" I almost always have. There's a page called uh, the CME FedWatch tool. Okay, CME stands for the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, and they are the place where the contracts for Fed funds futures are are traded. Meaning you can buy a contract that pays you based on what the federal funds rate is some date in the future. You can use this, banks use this as a tool to hedge risk from unexpected interest rate changes. So they're out, they're buying and selling these contracts uh, and, 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 and trying to, trying, and from that, um, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange or CME um, CME generates uh, a uh, implied probability of what the rate will be by the time that contract uh, executes. The market was really at a forecasted rate, uh, forecasted the rate at the end of the year of three and a half to three seventy, three point five to three and three quarters, three and a half to three and three quarters. Versus the rate now, which is five and a quarter to five and a half. So that was the seven rate cut scenario. That was a month ago. Even a week ago, they were at that. In the last week, they've at least taken one of those rate cuts off the board so that now you would say the implied probability is somewhere between three and three quarters to four and a quarter. It's almost equal that it's going to of a five to six rate cut piece. Again, the Fed said three, although with, as I noted last week, there is this this wide range of opinion among Federal Reserve officials about how many rate cuts they're going to have. Some say zero, some say six or seven, right? But now you've got people who are moving themselves back to to these. And the most interesting thing I saw this week was when Bostic says at this meeting on Thursday. He says, I was actually thinking the first rate cut wouldn't come till the fourth quarter of 24. I've now moved it up to the third quarter of 24 because I think the inflation data are better. You would not have guessed Bostic to be the person that would, would be out saying, that implies he might have been one of the people saying there's only going to be one or two cuts this year. You wouldn't have guessed that based on other statements he'd have made. So we really did get a that was an important piece of news, right? Because any Fed watcher has that dot plot and is trying to put names on the dots. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? And the dots that said five or six cuts, I would have wanted to put Bostick's name on one of those cuts, but now I'm like, oh, I was wrong. He's actually up here at one of these that say two. Maybe one, maybe three. But he's on one of those dots. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, there are some Fed officials who will actually tell you which dot is theirs. Most of them won't. But he was out there um, saying that. I did not have enough time to look at the Michael Barr speech, yet he's the, he's the vice chair of the Fed, had a big speech on bank supervision 
I promise I'm going to get to that next week. I would love to be able to, to talk about that because that was, that was an important piece of information. But the other thing to pay attention to in my mind, in my mind is be sure you understand what's going on with, with consumer sentiment. Because that's important. I do, I do want to say consumer sentiment is, it, does it tie to economic activity very well? No, it doesn't. Most of the research which says if consumer sentiment changes by this much, how much change in GDP do you get? That relationship is very tenuous. I'll use, I'm using a big word. I'm sorry. But what I mean, what I mean is there's not a strong correlation between those two things. Right. Um, I think instead, I I think instead, though, as people begin to think that inflation is indeed coming under control, rightly or wrongly, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it is or isn't. You you know that I'm a little skeptical about how quickly inflation is going to come down. But if people believe it's coming down, I do think that's going to going to met. Um. That's going to help quite a bit, right? If you look at what's happened, so the one thing is, I'll tweet this to you at the break. Uh, Joe Brucellis at uh, RSM Securities uh, tweets out uh, looking at what happens with consumer sentiment and looking at the price of eggs, right? Right now, price of eggs still, December 23, 22% higher than they were before the pandemic, but they fell at a rate of 25% per year in the fourth quarter. Do people respond strongly to the price of a single good like eggs or gas? I think yes. This was part of the conversation I, I had with you on the air the other week, and I think it's still it's still true. What what matters to people is what's the last couple of moves, up or down? I think that influences sentiment. I think that influences even how people vote, Right. Which is why when I hear people get telling me polling results for an election that is still 10 months away, I say, way too soon, way too soon. Lots of data to go before we get, before we get to that point. Um, so don't think about that. Coming up next, Phil Kirpin about net neutrality uh, here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Looking for a new way to give back to your community, learn new skills, and make a real difference? Consider volunteering with your local fire department. The majority of U.S. firefighters and emergency responders are volunteers, answering the call when their community needs them. Be part of a dedicated team of volunteers who step up and protect their community from all types of hazards. You can be the difference. There's no typical firefighter. Anyone can volunteer to serve their community. Volunteering as a first responder is really about having the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. Aside from helping your community and being there for those in need, being a member of the Volunteer Fire Service provides many benefits, including an opportunity to learn new skills and join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Your community needs you. Will you answer the call? Learn more and find a local volunteer opportunity at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. Minnesota High School Sports. 
They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Common Sense Business Talk. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.